Larger companies can get depository services from banks, but any other kind of banking services that you would typically have if you were in a business, they they don't really have access to. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. Today, I'm really excited to have Emily Tuttle. She's actually a family friend, and she works with my husband at the company iDry Systems, which is a private company that produces industrial-sized vacuum dryers for a variety of industries, including cannabis, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Emily is really interesting. Uh, She spent some time in Peru uh, teaching English. She's fluent in Spanish, loves to travel and hike around the world, so certainly has enjoyed visiting up here in Vermont. And she's the director for marketing uh, for iDry Systems. So welcome, Emily, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is so fun. (laughs) It's so fun to do something like professional, like put our professional hats on. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about a myth that I think is near and dear to your heart. So why don't you tell the listeners what that myth is and what motivated you to pick it? Sure. So um, I recently got into the cannabis industry about six months ago, and one of the first things that I started hearing about from everyone was the fact that the there's this myth circula- circulating around the fact that the cannabis industry is unbanked. Obviously, it's federally illegal. So that kind of puts companies who are affiliated in the cannabis industry in a bit of a tough position when it comes to looking for um, banking needs. So I'm curious, and this is where even though you and my husband and some folks in the Valley are involved Mm -hmm. in this industry, I tend to not be as educated. Mm -hmm. So when you say it's federally illegal, it's Mm -hmm. federally illegal to sell it. Is that correct? Or what's what part is the illegal part? Yeah, so it's it's federally legal overall. So right now, cannabis on a federal level by the DEA is classified as a, I believe it's Section A drug. So it's actually up there with um, like cocaine and heroin on a federal wow. level. Yeah, on a federal level. So that makes it obviously illegal to do any banking business, technically speaking, within, you know, within companies within that industry. But because recently it's become so popular on a state by state level, People are um, allowing the use of recreational or medical use of cannabis and sale of cannabis. That's on a state level. But federally, overall, it's still illegal. So people run into trouble when they're going through um, federally charted banks to, to you know, have a place to house their money. Okay, so, so the business is booming. Mm-hmm. And the business of iDry Systems is really to help people dry yeah. cannabis, dry hemp, dr- yeah. and um, not necessarily yeah. to produce it. No, not to produce or sell it. (laughs) So when you're working with somebody who Mm -hmm. wants to uh, buy your product or, you know, just being in the Mm -hmm. industry, you say it's a myth that it's unbanked, but it Mm -hmm. sounds like it is illegal 
to have a bank. So help me understand. Yeah, sure. So we're actually kind of lucky because we're in the ancillary product space. So because we're not directly involved with the sale of cannabis and we're a privately owned company, we don't really run into those kinds of problems. But say for a customer of ours who runs a medical marijuana company, something like that. Basically, the whole the whole issue they run into is when they're looking for a place to kind of run their banking services for their company, a lot of places for mid to larger size companies can only really offer depository services. And the banks themselves can actually get into a, a bit of hot water. If they're caught offering other kinds of services, they can actually get in trouble for like money laundering and stuff federally through the government. And what's interesting to me mm-hmm. about that, and you may or may not know this, and for the listeners out there, I'm a former FDIC bank examiner. So I used to be a regulator who (laughs) checked whether people were money laundering. So that's fascinating to me. So so tell me, you're saying that this is a myth. So how are Mm -hmm. people working with this? How are people working around it? Yeah. So it's interesting how it's come about over the past couple of years, because actually a lot of this circulates around the guidelines that are put out by the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. So back in 2014, under the Obama administration, what it's called FinCEN, FinCEN issued guidance to banks about how to serve the cannabis industry without running afoul of like federal regulations. But since the administration has turned over, there's been a, a big crackdown on a federal level for for the banking and that side of things. But it's kind of funny because since Donald Trump took office, um, the number of federally uh, charted banks that offer you know some kind of service to the cannabis industry has actually gone up by 20%. <laughs> so does that speak to just the industry and getting bigger and bigger? And Yeah, I think it speaks to the industry as a whole. I mean, obviously, on a state-by-state level, there's more freedom around, you know, for in Massachusetts, for example, um, cannabis became legal back towards the beginning of the year and you know, recreationally legal as well as medically legal. So the industry within, you know, Massachusetts itself has started just like absolutely booming. But another interesting fact is part of the problem surrounding like the growth capital in the industry is that many of the U.S. companies, um, U.S. cannabis companies are going public on the Canadian stock exchange as opposed to the U.S. stock exchange because it's federally illegal. So there's some like regulations and guidelines around right now around FinCEN that the people are calling like FinTech solutions. So they're offering some maybe something like a blockchain payment system, something like that for as like a go around. But people who are a little bit more experienced in the cannabis industry are actually advising to like not go that way if you're looking for banking services, because as soon as, you know, as soon as it becomes uh, declassified as a Section A or something like that, then all of that is going to change. So must make your job as the director of marketing somewhat interesting because you're selling a product to these folks that have Mm -hmm. a uh, cannabis and the Mm -hmm. industry is exploding, globally exploding. And so you're saying, hey, buy this. And they're saying, yeah, we have a lot of cash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that isn't always how you want to run your business. No, it's definitely not. But I think it is a huge, I mean, it's a huge part of just how it's running right now. Um, So like I was saying before, a lot of the larger companies are actually, they're working with federally charted banks. But they have, it's like they have, you know, like 100 different smaller accounts that they're putting their cash in and out of because they don't really have another way to go about it. I actually read an article 
couple of days ago that these these two guys from California, where it is medically and recreationally legal, it has been since like 1999, something like that. I think. Don't quote me on that. But <laughs> in in the 1990s, they went uh, they went to a, a federal bank with two large suitcases. It was like 1.5 million in cash, and that's how they paid their taxes for the year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, tr- so it's interesting because part of the reason that we wanted to make it legal, well, there's mm-hmm. a variety of reasons, but mm-hmm. some of it is to be able to get the taxes and have that money go back into the economy. Yeah. But we're not set up in a place to have that happen all. yet. So it's mm-hmm. a really interesting yeah. spot it's to be. It's a huge gray area, obviously, because there are a lot of very successful companies out there who are doing good work and interesting work and I think we're going to definitely see when it becomes it's we're being predicted with how everything is going right now it's predicted that hopefully it will be declassified as a section a by the end of the year so if that happens I think the industry is actually going to take a really interesting turn I think it's going to split a bit so say a little bit more because we talked about this uh, yeah. offline. So I think the way that it's um, the way that it's going to split obviously is going to be like the two the two sector the two sec- sectors. So adult use and medical use, and I think we're going to start seeing big names kind of rise up um, throughout the industry. So on the medical side, you know they're going to be doing a lot of testing R and D. We're going to see more about what the actual medical benefits are for it. You know different different strains do different. things things like all this kind of stuff maybe even I heard that people are already starting to like synthesize it on a pharmaceutical level and so we're going to kind of see like the Pfizer of the cannabis industry come to light and then on the other side the adult use side is more circulating around branding and marketing and consumer insights and who likes what better and we're going to see more like the Coca-Cola versus Pepsi side of the industry come out and I think a lot of money is going to flow through that if you I mean if you it's endless possibilities for what people can do within there but i think that's really going to start to turn and shift as soon as it um, becomes declassified uh, federally so we'll see now are people when you're going to these conferences or you're talking to clients are they breaking money silence or are they saying hey you know we'd really like to buy your machine but here's our dilemma or you know where can we show up with the bags of cash <laughs> <laughs> well we um we take wire transfers <laughs> <laughs> But um, I mean, generally speaking, we're we're working with a lot of people who we work a lot with hemp farmers. So we're working with people who have been doing this for a while because that part of it, you know, there's not as many. unless if you have all your papers and certifications, then you're you're going to meet your COA, your your certificate of authentic authentication. Um, you'll be fine. Um, but we're kind of working with them more, like I said before, in the ancillary product space. So we're not quite on a company level, like dealing with this. Now, this morning, I actually was watching the Today Show and I didn't know I was prepping for this interview. But uh, uh, Gronkowski, yeah, uh, who I just retired that. from the Patriots. Yeah, he's being he's an advocate for CBD now. Yeah. He said it's helped him with a lot of um, his football injuries and everything. And it's I think it's really going to be really interesting how all that stuff comes to light, too. I mean, the guy's been concussed like 10 different times in his professional career. Yeah, so. yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of celebrities getting into it. I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting that he w- it was him, you mm-hmm. know, both of us originally being from Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think one of the things that the listeners might be curious about is suppose they want to invest in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that your company is a private company, yeah. so they can't necessarily invest uh, in iDry systems. Mm-hmm. But do you, and I know you're not an investment advisor, but do you have any recommendations about how people can find out more information or start yeah. to look at this being a possibility? And part of the reason I'm asking mm-hmm. is I was talking to somebody in the 
industry who is uh, oversees a bunch of advisors and investment professionals, and she mm-hmm. said, next to social media, this is the number one thing that millennials are investing in. Yes, absolutely. Because it's, I mean, it's almost, it's coming from almost a, you know, I hate to use this word, but like a taboo place. Almost so it's it's almost a little exciting and a little, you know, unknown. And I mean, it's, well, it's very unknown. And that's the thing that we run into almost every day is, is how much we don't know about this industry and how many gray areas there are when it comes to like the legal side of things financially and everything. My advice would be probably do some research and look into like accredited um, organizations within the the marijuana industry. So like MJ Biz, they do, they're on top of everything. They know a lot of everything. I'm actually going to a conference of theirs next week in Toronto. But I would definitely say do your research and take a look into kind of the resources that they offer. I know that they're kind of working in conjunction there's one senator out of Colorado who is uh, very much affiliated with them. He is also working with like the American Banking Association because it's going to become really, really important as soon as it's declassified to like, ev- I think everything is just going to like shift in mm-hmm. a huge way, basically overnight. So well, I would definitely say do your research. <laughs> I often joke that it's like the next goal rush and it feels yeah. in some ways that as people invest and as uh, smart, intelligent companies like iDry mm-hmm. Systems kind of figures out how can we jump on this opportunity yeah. from a business standpoint, support this change, but at the same time not put all our eggs in yeah. one basket, um, that it's really kind of an interesting thing to explore. Now, I know that iDry Systems is up to a lot of different things. So before mm-hmm. we end today, I wanted to uh, give you a chance to talk a little bit about what iDry Systems actually does <laughs> and in addition to cannabis, what other services they offer. Yeah, absolutely. So basically what we do is we we sell industrial size vacuum dryers for a couple different industries. Like we said, we do the hemp and the, and the cannabis industry. And we're kind of in that spectrum, we're, we're filling a huge gap because a lot of people have traditionally dried or dried and cured their product, you know, hang drying in their barns or their basements and messing with it all day long. And so we basically take for industrial level farmers, like we take that out of the equation and we allow, we, we provide a solution and a product that allows them to do it, you know, cuts the time down drastically so for people who have, you know, like, you know, 30 acres of hemp and they'd have no idea how to, you know, go about their harvest season, we we offer this solution that allows them to get it dried so they can sell it to a processor. So we're kind of like filling a, a an industry gap at the moment because no one's really been able, no one's been doing it any other different way, you know, for, for forever. And then on the other side of things, we do work in the wood industry as well. So we have customers everywhere from like mom and pop, you know, sawmills and lumber yards to industrial lumber yards and sawmills. And again, it's just about efficiency and quality of product. And so we help people just get get to the end product faster. And, and I like to say better. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, we love taboo topics here mm-hmm. on Breaking Money Silence because money is a taboo topic. So it's been of really course. fun talking about cannabis and um, <laughs> the taboo uh, industry yeah. that it is, although it sounds like it's so shifting and changing. And it's exciting to see mm-hmm. you and, and the other folks I know really uh, on the forefront of it. So oh. thank you so much for coming in today and Breaking Money Silence. I appreciate Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. 
If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.